it was important to me as a foster mom in my story, I was back and forth with my mom. And I know through therapy, I've learned that a lot of children, it's important for them to make sense of their story. And so it was super important for me, for my kids, if at all possible, and it wasn't dangerous to them to sacrifice my wants, needs, and desires to be able to let those children know their birth, know their story. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and ambassador of encouragement. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own. I wish we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? Life can be tough. Storms in life are inevitable. In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support and provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. Today, it is my privilege to share with you the story of my friend and neighbor, Trish Zinzak. Trish is a foster child, foster mom, and adoptive mom. Trish has the unique perspective to talk about fostering and adoption from both the child's and parent's perspective. She has lived it, and she understands it. This is a real and raw conversation from a very brave woman. Trish was willing to be vulnerable because she understands the importance of knowing and making sense of the stories of adopted and foster kids. This conversation came about as Trish and I were introducing ourselves to one another. I've taken that portion of our conversation and am sharing it with you today. Trish's story is compelling. Hope and healing are on the way. My mom, when I was little, was... Um, she had a hard time and we lived with a babysitter for two years and then went back home and she had remarried and he was an abuser of all kinds of different things. And so we were on a bus route for, for a church and the bus pastor noticed some things going on. There's a lot more details there in terms of what he noticed, but then he came to the door and said, Hey, how can we help? Somehow, and I don't know the adult conversation that happened there, but somehow we ended up living with him and his wife and their children for a while. And then she, they found homes for both of us. My brother and I ended up in the same home, but he was, he had a lot of emotional trauma that had already happened to him. So he bounced from home to home, to home, to home, to home. And eventually there was a children's home that came to sing at the church and they realized they needed more help for him. So they approached them about him because we had already been split up. They then approached me and said, Hey, we found this place for your brother. Do you want to be with your brother? And I was having a hard time being separated from him anyway. Not that we were close, but so we went into this children's home and that's where I met Christ. 
and realized that I had a true heavenly father. And some of the things that they did and do really have stuck with me to this day. I was there from nine to 13. So about four years. And then um, I was returned home around 13. Then it got chaotic. It was the same dad, the same, you know, everything going on. The abuse happened. I moved out at 16. Fast forward past college and boyfriends and a crazy life and all kinds of testimony stories. I later got married and just had fertility issues. But yet at the same time, I just always had a heart for fostering. So having been a child that was in that situation of being removed from mom. I remember one day walking into a Seven Eleven, and my mom was there. And it just that to this day, those emotional feelings of being taken away from her in a way are just even talking about them. I can feel them rising. I've done a lot of therapy on that, that sort of thing. And the emotions that come up around it, it's big, it's they're huge. But now on the hindsight of it, I can see, that what God was doing. I can see this, the way he's used my story and the healing that's come out of it. And I truly believe that it was because we were prayed for and we were um, in a Christian environment when we were younger, people had mentored me all along. And I've had several families that have always, you know, said they wanted to take me in or adopt me or whatever. And so the love that I felt from these different families um, always poured into me. So I think fast forwarding, I wanted to pour back and to give back as a foster family. And we did, we got licensed and had several children come through our doors. And it was important to me as a foster mom in my story, I was back and forth with my mom. And I know through therapy, I've learned that a lot of children, it's important for them to make sense of their story. And so it was super important for me, for my kids, if at all possible, and it wasn't dangerous to them to sacrifice my wants, needs, and desires to be able to let those children know their birth, know their story. So for example, with my one foster daughter, I just asked the mom when she was returned home, if we could keep in touch. I also had asked many of the kids, but many families wanted to close that door and it was not there. But this particular mom allowed me to keep in touch with her. So I was doing the best I could to balance my emotions and feelings with going home and then respecting the mom's feelings too of sharing her daughter with me because she would let her come stay with me. She got to trust me. And I eventually started helping the mom and helping the family. She's since got multiple, multiple children. And I've just always been in her life. And since she has not had a mom, I've just kind of almost swept in and you know, kind of mothered her a little bit too, but that's been important to me for them to see and make sense of their story. That is part of one of the things that I advocate for. And it's not always healthy. It's not always easy for the child for that to happen. But then now looking back on it, it's still a sacrifice. You know, when I don't have her all the time, or I don't get to mother her or be her main mom, or I don't get her for all the holidays or whatever, that's, it's a huge sacrifice on the foster parent side to be able to share that. And we never adopted her partly because she was still in touch with her family and that was not the way we were going. So there was a lot of perspectives and stuff that came in as fostering um, that helped. We paused our foster license because my husband and I schedule got a little crazy, but we were always open to helping other kids. And then that's how we ended up meeting my adoptive son. 
his mom had gotten sick and a family friend of the family knew the family and knew that we were foster parents and asked us if we mind going to pray with this woman. And I just felt led to help with the kids and help with the family. And basically they asked us to take the youngest of the kids because mom was so sick and it ended up leading to an adoption after the mother passed away of just um, the one, the youngest boy, because that's who we had cared for. The grandmother was caring for the others. And so I've, again, I think God has put a situation in my life where it's important for my son to know his story and to make sense and know where the brothers are and know where the family is and so on. And even though that's an adoptive story, we still try to work very closely with making sense of the story and putting the pieces together for what's going on inside and the things that might be feeling, you know, causing abandonment and rejection. And even to this day, as a 50 something year old woman, I just had something happen within the last few months of that family that I talked about when I was younger that distanced me, we had made repairs and they've just done it again. So as a 50 something year old woman to be told to never call my family again, it just, it still lights me up. I think it's important. I've learned how to thank God through all the recovery and therapy I've had. I'm still working through this one. It doesn't just go away, but the abandonment and rejection dealing with that on not only the side of these children are suffering a significant loss, whether it's foster or adoption, there are heartstrings that have been ripped apart for both the child and the adoptive, the foster mom. I mean, the birth mom and the child. I believe that God intended us to be with our families. I mean, that's the way Adam and Eve, that's just how I feel. And being a product of that and being taken away from my mom and then going back to my mom and then my mom rejecting me again, there was just all that back and forth pull and push. Um, it scarred me. And then I've had a lot of loss in life and so on, but I've been able to pour into my kids and understand and help them understand when they feel rejected, when they feel abandoned, they feel not good enough, not unimportant, pushed aside, disposed of, disposal, you know, disposable. There's just all that stuff that comes up. And I think God allows me to continue to feel that for a reason. So that's, you know, stuff that I'm bringing into what I'm doing now, because I don't think a lot of people can kind of understand or have those words or that sense of what the children might be really feeling or even the secret desires. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in. I was blessed enough in the children's home that I was in. We went around to different churches and sang. And at the time I was in, they would let us be hosted by the families in the church. And I can't tell you how many times I would go into each of these families and go, I wish they were my mom. Uh, you know, really wishing that someone who was pouring love into their children and what their family looked like that I wanted it too, because I didn't have it. And I had this children's home situation, but I knew what my other family looked like. So these kids have these secret desires, but at all times, we want to know where we came from. We want to know, we just want to know we belong somewhere. We want to know, I mean, I've come back to Alabama. That's where most of my father's side of the family was. I didn't get in touch with them until I was in my early adulthood years. And there is something about coming home and there's something about that identity and it's really had to make me work. A lot of my work in my life is finding my fulfillment and identity in Christ. It's been a journey. 
because I can't tell you how many people in circles and I'm always looking for my new best friend everywhere, but I'm, I'm connected in so many places, but really grounded in no particular place. And so it's only been in the last 10, 15 years that I've had this realization of it comes back to Christ. You know, I think God's allowed these things to be pulled out of my life because I'm putting too much effort and emphasis in them when in essence, the key chord that we got to teach these kids and teach people is that it's really about finding our identity in Christ and finding that fulfillment in him and letting him be the one that we turn to when we need that sense of solace or that sense of peace and getting to this place and investing in that relationship with Christ is difficult because that turmoil that's in our head, it's easy to push that away because it's not tangible. And so sometimes I ask God to give me a little bit of Jesus with a skin on it, (laughs) just to give me a sense of having someone that I know is, you know, that gets it. And there aren't many people out there that get it. That's kind of my mission is to kind of take all those strings from all of that and help people just understand. And then, you know, maybe there's a key later for, you know, those of us who grew up like this of finding our sense and identity, but really it's about helping those parents and caregivers pour this wisdom into the kids so that they search for nothing more than finding their identity in Christ and that fulfillment in that relationship. I hope that explains it. (laughs) Yeah. And you should listen back to yourself because you said it really well and you said Mm -hmm. a lot of things. I've listened to Trisha's story multiple times. Each time I am touched by her honesty and vulnerability. Trish will be back on the show to share more of her story and her mission to help these kids. Here are a few of the takeaways today. Number one, adopted and foster children have suffered a significant loss. There are heartstrings that have been ripped apart for both the birth mom and the child. Number two, it's important for adopted and foster children to make sense of their stories. Number three, that could mean adoptive and foster parents will need to sacrifice their wants, needs, and desires in order to allow their children to know their stories. And then number four, it's important to help adopted and foster children find their true identity in Christ. He is the source of fulfillment and peace. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.